Welcome to Solutions, where men come out of the shadows to testify, giving tips in manhood, honor the codes of integrity, and give out real solutions for soul survival. Today, we have on the show a man of pure energy, an agent of sound, a mastermind in pulling the strings of music that uplift your soul, a leader, an organizer, a man of vision who takes the road less traveled to learn the ways to sustain success and passion. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about the musician, the entrepreneur, the communicator, AKA the logo, Mr. Bomani X. What's going on, sir? <laughs> what's up, what's up, man? That was, a, that was a beautiful intro. I don't know if I could have said my things about myself as good as you did. Hey man, so, listen, yeah. <laughs> when we get to watch your greatness from afar, we get to make our own assessments and that is my assessment of you and I hope you enjoy it. Well, I appreciate it, bro. <laughs> man, thank you. How are you feeling today? I'm good. I'm good. It's Wednesday. Uh, weather's not too bad. You know, I ate some breakfast, started my day off pretty right. So um, it's good. Man, as long as you start the day off right, it's good. Are you ready to drop these gems and answer these questions today? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, here we go. What person did you meet or see that gave you the drive towards the man you are today? Who or what defined you? Yo, to be honest, uh, like there's been a lot of like inspirational men and powerful figures in my life, but you know, you gotta give uh, credit to the source. You know, my father, I love him deeply, love him dearly. You know, some of the, the principles and things that he has, he's instilled in me both as a as a, a child a young uh a young adult and you know now into a man every day um i gotta give it to my father uh you know he's always been the one that's instilled like at the end of the day like you got to do things for yourself and for a greater sense of purpose not only uh for the community and the people that look like you um but also just like you as a man just to like grow up and be happy you know being being a provider uh, for your friends, for your family, and for your community, and and doing that through a sense of entrepreneurship, doing that through a sense of like being rooted in faith and spirituality. Um, you know, every day I I think and, and appreciate uh, my father and how he shaped me, um, who I am today. Tell me, how does it make you feel that in most cases the the stigma is that fathers are not don't exist in our homes how does it make you feel knowing that mm -hmm. that is your source um part of me part of me you know disagrees you know i i do think that like you know it doesn't always have to be you know your father there's always a father figure you know whether even if that's your mother you know there's always someone that plays that masculine role mm -hmm. um in your life because you know we are an embodiment of both the feminine and masculine so you're always going to seek that and, and pay attention to that. Um, but also on the, on the flip side, part of me, you know, does agree. I think what, as me getting older and realizing, you know, me being into a man, there's certain things that just, that are required that sometimes just don't get understood, you know, from children or from people younger than you looking up to you. And there's a lot of aspects of just like, you know, my dad or that fatherhood that, you know, feels weird. It feels absent. It feels distant. But, you know, as you get older, you realize why that is, you know, it's because, you're, you know, you're putting a lot on your plate. You're, you're making sure, you know, the family is intact. You're doing things and you're being disciplined to, to maintain uh, a lot of things. And sometimes as a, as, a, as a child or sometimes even as a community, we don't recognize a lot of the work 
that father figures go through. Um, so I understand both sides, but I definitely believe that like that that energy always exists, and you can't invalidate that, you know, from where the hood comes from. Absolutely, it's like our work and our passion sometimes supersede the time we can spend with our loved ones. And from their story, their perspective is that you just don't want to spend time with us. And the other mm -hmm. person's perspective is I'm doing this so I can have time with you later and leave something sure. for you. But you don't have time sure. to really express or explain that. Could you give me three things, three gems your father gave gave to you that you use in like real time in real life to recognize? Like, <laughs> man, this is something he prepared me for. Um, so I was I was raised in a you know a nation of Islam family household. Uh, my dad was part of the nation of Islam, and you know one thing that you know that he learned through his practices that you know that he passed down is that. Uh, you know, having a sense of comfortability with yourself and comfortability with your identity to be able to live your best life, your truly authentic life. Um, you know, my dad was, was not a perfect man, but he, you know, he definitely leaned in on his flaws and, you know, and portrayed his flaws like, yo, this is, this is me. And like, I'm comfortable with this. Like if I need to ask for help, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to do that. That does, that's not, that doesn't take away from my, my masculineness to, to go outside of myself for help or support. And that definitely is one thing that that I've been learning a lot. Realized, like, um, I know I, I can get in my own head. I have my own ego, and I feel like I need to do everything by myself. But just like having that comfortability to be vulnerable um, with your flaws, with the, some of the things that you need work on, and seeking the help of your community, that's definitely one thing. Um, the second thing is, you know, having a sense of purpose and faith. Um, I don't particularly consider myself as religious um, the same way I was raised, but always having a greater purpose and, and just knowing whatever you believe in or whoever you believe in, you know, having that be your guiding factor to like have the values and the, the morals that make you the type of man you want to be and a man that you're proud of and a man that other people will be proud of. Um, that's two. And, 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 and one of the biggest things that was always grilled on me since I was younger is just like a sense of entrepreneurship and just a sense that like, you know, it takes a sense of discipline to, to provide, uh, not only for yourself, for, for people around you and being able to do that on your own. I mean, you know, my dad was the one that like forced me to sell, not forced me, but, uh, motivated me to like sell candy while I was in middle school, <laughs> you know, always, always doing things to get a dollar. Cause that's always. You know that's always been the type of energy and and that he's always been instilled with so he passed it down to me so that definitely allowed me to be like the independent person that i am today like i've always hated the concept of working a, a nine to five and and just being able to get things on my own and being able to use that as like a motivator for other people to do things on their own and you know make their own money make their own choices their own decisions to not work with nobody else um that's definitely the third thing that uh he pushed Absolutely. down those three things are very important and i hope you're all listening to the gems that mr bomani just added to your life because we are the generation of entrepreneurship we are the generation of building our own corporations through us we are businessmen and a businessman <laughs> so i just want to encourage people to take those gems in but i actually mr bomani do you have a vision board i don't to be honest um, I think that's something that like the women in my life have, have 
definitely showcased the value in and motivated i i've you know i've always just been a person that's in my head and you know that's how i see things that's how i'm able to picture things out uh but very recently uh i've seen the power of just like putting that out into the physical whether that's through images or whether that's through like an actual vision board or collage uh so i've been working on that i made one maybe for like the first time like a few months ago so um, you, you, cool do you do have one. You just, you just <laughs> yeah, so do have one. You just have a whole universe in. You got one. Okay. If you can give us one apex goal that you achieve, right? And one goal that you're currently chasing that's also an apex goal. Um, One apex goal that I achieved. Um, I'm definitely like looking back and, and, and seeing how much like how much school and education has been a part of, you know, some of the teachings and from both my mom and my dad and just family and like being able to see that through and like go to college and go to Howard University, graduate and and get my degree, even though like I almost didn't. <laughs> um, and, you know, and graduate and move, you know, to a whole new state on my own and, and do my own thing and, and start my own business and try to make that work. You know that definitely looking back like i want to you know be thankful that i that i that i was able to do that and i'm proud of that um because a lot of in a lot of ways that decision could have gone left really quickly um but now you know being a an adult and and just outside of just like having the framework to to that's been built to, to know who i am today i think one of the bigger goals now is how can I take all that knowledge and understanding with my art mm. um, and, and and bring all that to a space where I'm able to uh, pinpoint all these different nuances of my education, of my spirituality, of my experiences, both with the light and the dark sides of life and how I'm able to like translate that through an art or through a message that like both inspires and motivates people uh, that are either on the same path as me or are people younger that I, I want to be on the same path um, as me. And that's that's kind of like my bigger goals right now. That's amazing. With my music goals, or my man. creativity. Yeah, hey, listen, you're a creator and we must create. Mm. That's what we must do. But to stay in that realm of thinking for your goals to appear, what type of affirmations are you telling yourself every day? Uh, very recently, I've been doing a lot of like, like i am okay with accepting and pouring in the unlimited love and support that's coming into my life right now um i feel like i've I've always put a cap on like how much support i want because i feel like that will invalidate you know me doing things on my own and or how much happiness that i want to like have have accept from the people around me because i felt like that would take away from me making my own happiness in my own path and i'm realizing now that like there's no limit on like that support and happiness especially as you're growing especially as your circle's getting bigger especially as you're developing more into a man like there's never going to be a limit of who wants to pour into you um and just accepting that and i think that's like one affirmation i've been telling myself uh at least for the last few weeks how did you get there though like mentally you had to really change yourself change your way of thinking how does one change their way of thinking change their mind to actually now changing what the agreements they made with themselves 
to find their happy place. You're you're purposefully putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation to grow. How did you decide to do that? Um, I think first, like, I don't, I, I think there's a point where in everybody's life, I mean, I'm big on spirituality and in my practice is with astrology and stuff like that. And, you know, there's a point in life where, you know, your spirit would always cause for like, call for like a transformation. Um, and that transformation can be something intentional or something accidental. And there's always going to be those different points in your life. Um, but very recently, um, I had one of those moments where like one almost died and that's, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> Got into this crazy car accident. And then two, um, I had to make the decision to move back from California back to the DC to help take care of my grandma. That's what I'm doing right now. And, and just like, you know, that was, that was something that I like, you know, at the moment felt like, no, this is a terrible decision. This is taking me away from my journey, my path. And I had to like make the decision to really sit with like, why do I feel this type of way? Why do I feel like my journey has been derailed? Let me sit with how I'm feeling right now. Let me sit with just this moment of, you know, being in a new environment, being in a space where I'm able to connect with my grandma and my family in a whole different light. And I think after I made that little switch in my brain, I realized like, oh, like, like the journey is never going to look always like what you envision. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's going to have its, its different pushes and pulls and, and people's going to uh, influence and derail you in many different ways. But like just being accepting of the moment and knowing that this is also part of your path. I think that was a switch a little bit for me. And then just being comfortable, like just talking to yourself and being comfortable, just like um, accepting all the terms of your personality, you know, the goods and the bads. And just having that conversation, just being open and honest with yourself and just being willing to have that conversation with yourself is kind of what I just started doing when I when I was alone <laughs> uh, or what 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 I felt like I was being alone. And yeah, that's kind of just like how that all started. Like that's where that switch started from. And then, you know, those same creative ideas that you put in other, or you, the same ways you give your energy to other things, you're starting to give energy to yourself. And then you no. start to develop like a, a habit and a practice. You know? Absolutely. I can agree with you, man. I talk to myself a lot. And the older I get, I start talking to myself and I was hit with the stigma that it was crazy to talk to yourself. But why is it? You can't show love to anyone else unless you're alkaline and you're balanced to the point where you're showing love to yourself. Then you're able to exude and portray and give it out. I talk to myself about plenty of things and I encourage everyone listening to talk to (laughs) yourself and talk to the the worst parts of yourself because if you don't, you're going to show, you're still, that energy is not going to be destroyed. You're going to give it out somehow. Either you're going to project it on someone or it's going to come out in conversation in a wrong way to someone and you didn't even mean it like that. But if you talk to yourself, you're now transferring this energy and growing yourself. So I encourage people to t- talk to yourself as much as they can. <laughs> like, even, if, even if you have to pull yourself to the side in the midst of other people, it's like, oh, he talking to himself again. He must be getting himself yeah. together. Yeah, <laughs> together. Getting myself together is a form of talking to yourself, ladies and gentlemen. For sure, for sure. How early did you start goal setting? Um, how early? I think, I think goal setting for me came, I think goal setting has been something that's been pushed on me 
you know my whole life you know like my you know my parents and, and family and friends you know they they pushed the nation the, the notion that like yeah you gotta have a plan and have a decision and i've always been like very free-flowing like yeah i think about it when i need to think about it or i'll deal with it when i need to deal with it so the concept of goal setting is has always been on me but the concept of me myself being intentional about like no this is what i want to do and, and this is how I, I need to do it i think that started like first when i like graduated high school and started going to college and you know i'm on my own you know i can't have everybody in my ear i gotta make the decisions for myself or, or else i'm gonna I'm not make it i'm not make it out um so definitely in college you know definitely seeing how and especially like that was like the first example of seeing how goal setting for a lot of older appear peers and, and older influences that were coming in my life and seeing how much that was important for them you know i started taking it taking more consideration like i should you know absolutely you said i think more long term exactly you said a big <laughs> word there, intentional like routine and being intentional is how you dictate where you're going even though you have to, like we talked about earlier have to willing to accept the left turns that come up that is a part of your journey that you don't see as a part of your journey mm -hmm. even back to dc i'm sure that you're experiencing great success without even picking up an instrument at this point that you never even thought you would have to grow who mm -hmm. you are as a person forcing you to open yourself up to all the great things coming along this road along you going to hbcu and you seeing that hbcu people are starting to flourish around the world even all the way up to the white house <laughs> along all that journey that you made and all the pivots you took and where you at now being the logo for one of the biggest apps in the world right what did you sacrifice um i think i think at the time i thought i was sacrificing my freedom mm. i thought i was sacrificing my autonomy i thought i was sacrificing my creativity I thought, you know, having to leave California or leave Los Angeles was was a sacrifice of my journey, of my path. And I, I thought I was legitimately sacrificing it for the sake of my family, for the sake of, you know, something that is of higher good that I value. But I, I thought I was sacrificing. Um, I thought I was sacrificing what truly was me. But then, I, you know, I realized that I wasn't really sacrificing. I was only propelling and only supporting another side of me that is that nurturing side that is that person that believes in, in cultivating family dynamics cultivating community that's always going to be supportive that's the side of me that like has always been patient you know and being patient with someone elderly is 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 you know is a skill is a is something of value and 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 seeing how all that other stuff eventually followed back when i when i supported this other side of me I realized I didn't really sacrifice anything. I just transferred it over to a space that just felt more comfortable um, and less turmoil. Because uh, even though LA and California was fun, you know, I felt like I was I was growing to be the the individual I wanted to be. But you know, anybody that lives out there, that's <laughs> it's not as easy as it looks. Right. Just... Um. Yeah, it's not as easy as it looks, and I realized I didn't. I, I, I had to sacrifice that so I can be in a space that's more harmonious to me to really grow and flourish, which is being back here, which eventually turned into how I transmuted all that energy onto Clubhouse, which yeah turned into that logo situation you just mentioned. Yeah. For me, you just spoke of 
volumes to me. For me, I was a, I was a rapper. I am a rapper. See, I'm saying was, right? And then I turned into this podcast guy and I realized that I was meant to be a podcaster to talk to people about manhood because it came so easily. And what I mean by easily, the blessings have been flowing in people like yourself coming to speak. I really appreciate and honor that. When I was doing my music, I didn't really get that much attention, but I was so convinced this is where I was supposed to be. And as soon as I made that pivot and allowed me to nurture the other side of my mentality, which is speaking, interacting with people, I am still on the same path. It's just a different way of getting there, right? We're still on the way. The point of music and creativity is to reach people in a harmonic way and and uplift them where or take them where they resonate with you. And you're still doing that. You might not be doing Mm -hmm. it through an instrument, but you can pick up your guitar in Clubhouse if you want and play. Yeah. yeah. If you want to, but people want to get more in tune with the music of your voice your voice right mm-hmm. that's just like it's still the same thing but just not how we predicted it to be i'm still mm-hmm. here talking i'm still here speaking to people but it's just in a different platform and changing your energy and radiating it and accepting it is the first challenge we all have to make because god hears us yeah, but we're yeah. just not going to get it exactly the way we envisioned it because his vision yeah. is better right it's always better sure high power is always yeah better. sure let's dive a little <laughs> deep here Real, real deep. Talk to me about one of your lowest moments. And I don't just want to know about your lowest moment. I want to know how you got up. This is for the people that are trying to figure out how to get out of their situation when they're in their low points and low moments. What is something that you apply to get up? Um, Yeah, like, you know, going back to, you know, that whole, you know, two-year time period in, in, in California at the graduation where it's like, on paper it's like it felt like you know one of the greatest decisions and it felt like i'm up you know like um um i'm in a space you know professionally that i'm I'm a little bit proud of i'm i'm in a i'm in a space where like you know weather is nice i have the freedom i you know i don't gotta i can only have the answer to myself and 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 that felt good and i think i think what i thought was a a a high point was like one of the lowest and darkest points of my life. I realized I was, I was chasing uh, a dream that wasn't mine. I was, I was appealing and appeasing people that were inherently manipulative, and and I was saying yes to people and, and doing things that I just 100% was not proud of. Um, that all culminated into me like not actually getting my shit together, like you know, like not actually taking the time to be disciplined and, and and make the money that I need to survive, but just doing it because I feel like that's what I should be doing. And, and, uh, and getting, getting caught in the hype of the perception and yeah. And, and, and some things I, I still haven't come to terms with just like saying out loud, but I was just doing things that I just legitimately wasn't proud of. And I felt like I was about to implode. And one of the ways that I just got out of it was just like, I, at this point, can't allow myself to make the decisions for me for the better good. I have to really listen to my loved ones and the people around me that are telling me what I should do. And, you know, just listen to them, to be honest, because, you know, like you said to the beginning, like you never realize how much people see you in a way you don't see yourself. Um, And just, you know, like all those like nice and and beautiful words you said about me, like 
you have those people and you have those support groups always around you. And I had to stop listening to myself at one point and listen to like just the positivity and that love and that happiness other people was trying to pour into me. And, and they, you know, and also one of those persons was my mom. You know, my mom was like, yeah, I know you could, you know, you can continue doing what you're doing out there. I do need some help with grandma. You know, if you want to come, I think that'd be nice. I, I would appreciate it. And I think at that moment, like, I was just like, yo, let me, let me listen to this serendipitous moment. Maybe this is spirit telling me, you know, the spirit of my mom, you know, who knows me more, you know, better than anybody telling me that like, yo, maybe I should reconsider these decisions and, and follow that, follow that voice. Uh, not just the voice of my own ego. Um, and yeah, I think that was, that was what, that was what, uh, that was what that was to get me out of that low point. Surrendering your ego and listening to the people around you. That is a hard thing to do because at the end of the day, everything is on us, right? If you want, you have to allow people to help you, right? Like people who are going through rough times, you can talk to them all the time, man, this is wrong what you're doing, but they can't hear you. If you don't allow yourself mm -hmm. to be pre-present to listen, that is the first step of getting out when you allow someone to help you and you allow the right people to help you. So that's absolutely a way to get up, ladies and gentlemen. When you're in one of your darkest moments, look for the people that stand there with you in the dark with a flashlight saying, this is the way out right here because there's plenty of people in the dark pulling you in like, man, come lay down, stay in this darkness with me because we don't have to see or feel anything to live here. It's safer here. But it really you is. also got to... You also got to realize like some of those people, some of those other people flourish in the dark and you may not even realize that, you know, what you think is a good point is just dumb. Those people have been in that dark space for a while that they're, they're happy and they're excited and they know how to reap the benefits of that darkness. Mm -hmm. But if that's something that's unfamiliar to you, then, you know, you gotta, you gotta get out <laughs> or else you're going to be stuck with them. And I'm not saying that that's a negative thing and that's a positive thing, but you gotta, you gotta know what's like true to your own nature. You got to know which side you got to be on and who's actually pulling you to the side that's true to yourself. Just like in Batman, when Bane said, I was born in the dark, <laughs> adapted to it. That's what you make me think of. That's a real line. I was born in yeah. the dark. You simply adapted to it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. How important is it to leave where you're from to develop yourself to where you're going? Um, I think it's important. I think there is there is a sense of there's a sense of true growth when you're when you're honed in and when you're locked in an environment because you're able to cultivate your skills or who you are. But there's also like I really believe there's a, a true value in detachment and and transformation. And I'm sorry about that. And leaving where you are as a form of detachment so you can be in a new space. And, and be able to create new things that are unfamiliar to you. It's, I feel like it's super important and valuable um, and transformative. Like you can't transform unless you have the faith to leave where you're at, you know? That's, you know, that's, that's you know, what transformation and death have, you know, kind of the same meaning to me, where it's that, that comfortability knowing what's, not knowing what's on the other side, but knowing that's a part of the journey that you have to take that leap at one point. And if that's leaving your environment or if that's leaving the, the mental environment that you're in or if that's leaving uh, the physical environment, I do think that's important um, that everybody should practice at some point.
Give me one positive story that grew you after you left the environment, physically, mentally, yours, you know, spiritually. Give me um, wow, this one positive. Uh, definitely for sure. Like I, I came here and I got connected with my grandma in a way that I never saw possible. Um, particularly this this grandma. Like we were close, but just just being able to talk to her as an adult, you know, that's something that since I left New York, I never done when I was a child. Um, and that's in super positive. You know, she wrote a song for me, and that's one of the songs that like I play to this day that I that I truly love. Um, another positive, I, I got into a relationship that like truly made me happy out here. Um, and yeah, I think I, I think I started seeing the adults in my life for who they were, um, which is something that like growing up you don't always get the opportunity to do. You don't always get to speak to your dad as just like someone who's your peer as opposed to someone who's your father or you don't get to speak to your mother or you don't get to speak to these parental figures and see them for like the humans that they are um and i think when i had the opportunity to just like sit and sit with myself i was able to see people even clearer um and i thought that was really cool you know well, i can relate to you what i my dad came back into my life when i was later on as a man and I had the opportunity to say to myself, I'm going to interview my dad. So I try to tell everyone to interview the older people in your life, like really sit down and have a set of questions and ask them mm -hmm. questions that you would ask somebody you really didn't know, like go in depth to find out who they are because they have a story too. And it grows you so much closer to that person. So the conversations, you probably find out some great things about your grandma, like, wow, you did this. Wow, you were experiencing mm -hmm. this also just like me. Mm -hmm. And I challenge everyone to listening to go interview your parents, your grandparents, or, or, or guardians. Go interview them. Ask them real personal questions that you can be like, wow, this is what I'm going through. This is what maybe you can help me through this because more than likely the energy runs in the same path. Maybe a few places that go left and right because our experiences are unique, but the road is just about the same. It's just about the same. Sure. Absolutely. What have you procrastinated on and why? Uh, I procrastinated on releasing music for a really long time. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I have I've been playing my guitar for, for many years. I've, I've aligned with that, that creative side of me and writing music and producing music and songwriting for a while. But the actual releasing of it to the public or to the standard, you know, uh in the standard way of what an artist should do you know like apple music spotify you know just the simple stuff um yeah i've been procrastinating on that for a while and the why i feel like i had a why i don't think the why is valid anymore um so yeah i don't even want to acknowledge the why because i'm just going to keep <laughs> cycling through and not doing it so um i'm gonna set that affirmation that yeah i'm, I'm putting music out uh and like that affirmation listen the timing is starting to get right for you you know what i mean i mean you got a million people looking <laughs> at you right now it, it, the timing is getting right and they want to they want to hear the creative creative side of you and when you have people's attention is now they're open to you pretty much whatever you decide to feed them they will accept yeah for sure so i mean the timing is right and 
you know, I know many musicians who hesitate in putting their music out because they want it to be perfect. I don't know what your reasons are, but you didn't give mm-hmm. me a But there's so many people who are afraid to get judged. But I tell people all the time, the song you made five years ago, you're probably going to hate it yourself. Yeah, sure. you're, grown, you're, better, you're better than what you were yeah. five years ago. So you just need to let it grow and let your fans grow with you. Yeah, right? Sure. Absolutely. Now, I have this question here that I just added. You will be the sixth man I've asked this question to. Now, it's a little bit intrusive. So I want you to tell me if this question, I should take it out or leave it in. Okay. Or if it's too personal for you to walk down this street, which is totally fine. But here is the question. It's like a three-part question. Here we go. Are you ready? Okay, ready. <laughs> the buildup is crazy. I know, I know, I know. I like, I like that. It's part of my little dramatic thing. I like to do. <laughs> what was abusive to you that was that you thought was love? How did you recognize it, and how long did it take for you to accept it? What was abusive to me that I thought was love? How did you recognize it? And how long did it take for you to accept it? Mm. I don't think it's, I don't think it's an intrusive question. Um, I think the definition of abuse is a hundred percent different for folks, whether that's physical abuse, mental abuse, emotional abuse, or even just perceived abuse. Um, For me, I'm trying to think. It's not a. It's not. It's not a. a it's not related to any physical abuse. Um, that has. That has. You know, my story has not been there, and I. You know, I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate. You know, to have that privilege, which a lot of people don't. Um mental and emotional abuse i would say is just like in in some relate in some relationships where like it's where you really see that like that person is is inherently like manipulating your emotions not for the sake of you and growing you but for the sake of them wanting you to align with what makes them happy um and i I don't think in some situations i think that's just something we all do you know at the end of the day in relationships we want to be happy and we want to and we want our partner our partner to align with that but i think what is abusive is is seeing seeing someone for not who they really are but seeing them for who they want them to be and and um and i think it what made me like realize that it was just like me aligning with those needs and those values actually just isn't making me happy and 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 recognizing that that you know the space and energy of who you see of me or who you see of yourself just isn't it's just it's just emotionally abusive and that's just not for me um so yeah I think yeah I don't know I I gotta think about that question (laughs) it's a good question but if you're not ready, you're not ready. And I, I don't think I was fully ready to answer that <laughs> well, in the way that I want to. Let's lighten the load a little bit. I like to ask this next question just to talk into the guys and see where 
your education system was at the time. And I don't think this is a broad scope of education that is really talked about. And I want to mm -hmm. continue this narrative with this question. Are you ready for this question? This one is a little bit more fun, right? I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> uh, intrusive, but pretty fun. <laughs> Did you ever get a sex talk? Who or what gave you sex education? Did I ever get a sex talk? I think I, I think I've had sex talks and from definitely from from both my mother and my father. Um, I think I only got sex talks as like a reactionary thing <laughs> in terms of like I got caught watching porn on my computer <laughs> and like, yeah, oh, yeah, let's yeah, have yeah. the sex talk. Right? Um, yeah. <laughs> and or, or some other stuff. And, you know, and then, you know, when you get caught, you know, they want to have that talk just to make sure I like, uh, uh, you know what you're doing. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't think the sex talk in my household was something that was like, uh, was done. I think most people, they learn about sex and sexuality through like their peers in school, middle school, high school, and just hearing stories of, of things that you think are happening or, or, or that is happening. And, and, and also what you see online as a form of education, I think as millennials, we we resort to we resort to social aspects for education. And, 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 I, and I hate that, right? Because everybody, pretty much everybody has sex. The the act of sex, everybody does it, right? But it's so sure. taboo to talk about it. But I feel like there should be more of a preparation for men to understand that sex, you're gonna love it, but there are a lot of pitfalls behind it. If you decide to have babies with the wrong person, the government can involve in your relationship. If you're dealing mm. with the wrong partner, they cannot be taking care of themselves as much as you would hope they are, and other mm. things can adapt in your life. You can really enjoy it. You can mistake it for love. Like, mm. I feel like the conversation of what it is, how to protect yourself needs to be in depth and not yeah. taboo. And I think we can walk into it a lot easier. It wouldn't be such a big deal. People's sexuality, yeah. sex, it wouldn't be a big deal if we addressed it right there in each other's face. What do you think about yeah. that? I agree. I think I think when any terms of education, there is, there is somewhat of a worry that like, especially about like personal education, like bringing it up will <laughs> change your, you know, change the route of what they were thinking like, like, oh, this person wasn't even thinking about sex, but now we're talking about it. Now I'm thinking about it. And if I'm not equipped to have the answers that I need at the moment, then I'm gonna make decisions, uh, either good or bad. So I, I do think that there's a way to have it more ingrained in society where, like you said, it's less taboo and it's it's more just preemptive of like, let me just tell you what happens and what goes on and what can happen so you can inform yourself or know how to ask the right questions. Um, but I do agree that there should always be that source in people's life where they can get educated on things like fully that are personal, especially sex, yeah. un unshameful because there's a point where our minds switch, right? We start looking at things yeah. differently. Like women who breastfeed is supposed to be a beautiful thing about life and nurturing, mm -hmm. but some people see that as, oh, this woman got a breast out in the middle of yeah, nowhere, yeah, showing sure. off her breast. And like, where do we get to that point where something so natural is so bad? Yeah, yeah for sure. You know, so that's the conversations that we need to have. Like, this is natural. Now, now, are you having sex on the train in front of everybody? That's not natural, right? That's world star. <laughs> that's world star stuff, right? There's a difference. I mean, you can do it if you want, but you got to know yeah. the difference in the actual <laughs> approach of what's going on out here. For sure.
Should there be a basic training program amongst men? Now, this is a man show about manhood, so we're not excluding mm -hmm. women, but this is what we're talking about here. Should there yeah, be a yeah. basic education program outside of school, outside of the Boys and Girls Club, outside of church, where we speak about financial literacy, the art of communication, how to change a tire, how to change a tie, mm -hmm. gardening, generational wealth, real estate, stocks, talking to the elderly with mm -hmm. intent about things that they have experienced to help you skip the pitfall. Do you think it's something that our community-wise, and what I mean by that community, if you and I live next door to each other and you know about more about music than I do, I will learn a little bit of education from you to now have one frequency when we're around our kids. Hey man, the guitar is awesome. And then he comes out the door mm -hmm. or your child comes, the guitar is awesome. Stocks are awesome. Mm -hmm. We make stuff awesome to our kids because now the adults have this communication where we're all speaking the same things in the community. Thus, yeah, for sure. implementing our own form of brainwash on our society to where we know goal setting you may not do it until you get out of high school, until you need to apply yeah. it like you did, but it's there. Do you think we can ever put something yeah, like that sure. in our communities? Because we barely know our neighbors anymore. Yeah, and I, and I think to that to the last point, that's really what it is. It's just is is creating a framework of like very healthy communication with the people around you, and 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 especially like your neighborhood and the people that you know literally live. Like my neighbors are, or people that live down the block. Just creating a a sense of like. This is a pool of resources that you're that you're that you're uh, that you're available to, and and just being comfortable knowing, like, and it all stems down to like, you know, being willing to accept support and love, and from the people around you, and that's also being willing to accept the the value of your neighborhood and your communities, because you never really know what somebody can offer you to you know you put yourself out there to ask or or just entertain the conversations. Now there are definitely organizations and, and structural frameworks and, and communities that do good jobs, you know, with with promoting that. Um, but I do think it always starts from like an individual ground level. Just I got to be comfortable talking to my neighbor before I I can assume my neighbor is gonna set up something for me. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a, it's a two way street. Um, but people are creatures of habit, and when they see things that that works and that's that's good for them, you know, they accept it more. So seeing more programs or seeing more things in the community, I think we'll start that cycle of people being able to see that about themselves. Me growing up in New York, I lived in a building. I probably lived in a building with a thousand people. Sure, sure. What part of New York? The Bronx. Right. So Queens, you know, it's okay. My dad's, <laughs> my dad's, shout out to Queens. My dad's <laughs> projects. Shout out to my grandmother and my dad. <laughs> for years right but they would have these meetings in the basement and all your neighbors would come down and you would see all the people that live in your building and they would all talk about what's about to happen i think if we started doing these things because it's amazing people that live in my building there were yeah, doctors sure. there were lawyers i lived in the hood but it was like doctors and lawyers and russians and and germans <laughs> and, and asians it was people in my building that if you didn't walk in the elevator at the right time, they did, you wouldn't even know they're there. But it yeah, was, yeah, there sure. was some really, there was a guy who worked for Disney and drawed most of the cartoons for all the Disney shows I like that lived two doors down from me. That was amazing. Like, I didn't know that as a kid. Like, cause you don't, in passing, you don't see them cause we're on different hours. I get home at three o'clock, he get home at eight. You know, it's just like, mm -hmm. I'm not gonna see you ever. Especially in New York when you're just walking past people all the time. But yeah, yeah we started talking he, that we, someone can shape the life of a child who 
necessarily doesn't have to go outside to find adventure anymore. Now they're looking at stocks. They're looking at drawing. They're looking at different things besides playing sports. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I want to poll you. And I love to ask this question because I want to know the top three things you want in a partner. And I want to know because I want to see if you say the one word that most people leave out in the criteria of who they want to spend their life with. So what are the top three things, Mr. Bomani X, that you would top like? Top three things? Yes. That I would like in a partner? Yes. Uh, uh, patience. I think, um, well, I'll just say the three things. Uh, patience. Um, attraction. And uh, uh, excitement, you know, I think those are three things, three broad things, but hey, those are three broad, great things. It's nothing wrong with your answers, it's all subjective to you. And patience and excitement is a great thing. And, and plus, of course, attraction. You always want to be an attracted person. You always want to just walk in the room and be like, hmm, this is mine. Yeah, not sure. yours, yeah, sure. not <laughs> yours per se, but I'm lucky enough to have this, right? To 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 be next to me. But sure. I think most people leave out intelligence because they think it's guaranteed. That's true. Well, I guess I guess what the subset of 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 patience is for me. In my head, I was thinking about, you know, I think there are situations where, like you said, that intelligence is assumed or, or it, but I do think someone else's form of intelligence or someone else's value and what they're, what they're, what they, what they are intelligent about or what they value requires love, sometimes levels of patience to pull that out. You know, we may not have the same education. We may not have the same thought process, but because I value you and I value the way you think, you know, there's going to be a level of patience of me figuring out how to pull that out and appreciate that of you as opposed of, of sometimes that, that selfish barrier of like, oh, because you don't have the same educational background or we don't have the same degrees that I'm invalidating what you, what you bring to the table in terms of how you think and your thought process. And so that's why it's a, it's a broad thing, but uh, I do agree that um, being able to be on the same page or think about the same things in the same type of way um, is something that is important sometimes. I think uh, the reason I ask these subjugated questions is because I just want to expand the thinking of person who's listening, who's trying to figure it out. Some people might not even know what their top three are. So listening to all you men speak about what your top three is may help them pick and prime what they want to be or what they want to feel. For sure. And that. So there's never any wrong answer. But I always for always sure. imply you want to have somebody you can communicate with on an intelligent level for what they are intelligent in. Because intelligence could be in anything. Mm -hmm. It could be intelligent for about sure, for sure. But it's interesting. It's exciting to know that they have a love for something that you can tap into mm -hmm. and make them happy. How much are you trying to understand communication from a partner? You're dealing with someone and you want to understand their love languages. How much are you dedicated to understanding conversations and communication when it comes to that? 
Um, a lot. I think, you know, I'm, I'm someone who's always in my head and always thinking about how I'm being perceived and how my messages is coming up across. And that's something that I do, not just relationships, just across the board. Um, so I'm very mindful of that. Um, so, you know, I'm the type to always just make sure like communication is something that's, that, you know, that's always cultivated. Now, granted, like my communication style is, is I may think it's good, <laughs> but it may be perceived, you know, extremely terrible, which is just another example that I'm, I'm actually not speaking in the way that my partner needs to be, that needs to hear it. So I need to actually work on that. Um, but being comfortable working on that and being comfortable having those conversations when we just, when we miss the mark. Um, so yeah, I'm always like, like, yo, how can we, how can I work on, you know, communicating better? How can you work on communicating better? How can we work on finding a communication that works for both of us and only us, you know? And only us. That That is yeah. something, that's the hardest part, right? And only us, because people are always evaluating what us is out for yeah. we. <laughs> that's the you always dividing what us is for we like hey man you you guys should do this a little bit better or do and you're like you don't even know the intricates of our relationship you don't know what makes us tick so if for you sure. don't know the ingredients i mean you can help but to judge is something totally different we talk about leaving a legacy but you mostly ignore major steps do you have a will no no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. Talk to me about why you don't have a will or why you think we run from the conversation. Uh, I don't, I'm sorry, Nicole. Um, I don't, I don't think I'm there yet for, <laughs> for that type of conversation with myself, but, or, or even have anything <laughs> to, to offer. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I'm just not there yet. I was talking with a gentleman by the name of Cameron Wesley. He spoke about uh, the fact that our cultural counterparts, they mm -hmm. take out life insurance on our parent, on their parents to secure money, to bury them and also for legacy building. He said, most of the people from our culture run away from the topic because it's like death over their heads. If you took out an insurance policy on your parents or your grandparents, do you ever see yourself adapting to that cultural aspect and actually having an insurance policy on your parents and when they pass, they leave a foundational legacy in order to bury them and also to continue the family's lineage. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, one thing that like, you know, that my father, not purposely, but one thing that I've always remember am stating just like, you know, like, you know, that financial support or, or creating that financial framework you know, doesn't just happen in life, you know, this, this happens in death. And so even just like the conversation about generational wealth or just like making sure your things are in order. So like if situations were to arise, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a grounding because I, I have not personally experienced it, but I've definitely seen examples of just like, you know, somebody passing and, and the family not having things in order, how, uh, you know, that can just cause turmoil and, and added stress. And, you know, and somebody, passes that's supposed to be a moment of celebration and, and, and happiness and you don't want to be dealing about other things in the physical that has nothing to do with them transitioning to the spiritual and so i do think that's, that's important um that's not something that like i'm personally having that conversation about yet but just seeing my parents have that conversation more uh will prepare me i guess when that time comes 
Absolutely. I know you feel like a young stallion, like who needs mm-hmm. to wear? I felt the same way when when an older man came up to me just a few years back. He said, young man, do you have a will? And I'm like, for what? I don't have anything. I don't feel like I'm going to die anytime soon. What do I need a will for? But a trust, a will, insurance, all we have to all look at that, those things as investments. That's why I bring up the conversation. It's no longer a death certificate. It's an investment to your family to have the right paperwork in order to grow. And a friend to the show, DJ Aries, said to me on the show, he said, I wasn't everywhere. I was everywhere I needed to be. Talk to me about your current successes of where you are right now and how you were everywhere you needed to be to be the man you are today, especially being the logo. Um, yeah, like there's, I mean, in terms of like clubhouse and, 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 and that journey, um, you know, it's definitely just like an amalgamation of all the different lessons that I've, I've been, been listening to and taking in and, and learning how to like operate in the space that I just feel comfortable in. I I realized one of my gifts and one of my skill sets is, is just being in environments that I just feel comfortable and, you know, things just flourish and things just drive and I feel like I'm in a flow and yeah and that's just kind of that's just kind of how I operated in the space of Clubhouse um just bringing my gifts in the most authentic way possible which is me caring and not caring (laughs) and that's and I have to realize well not just Clubhouse like Clubhouse is is of course is something that's obvious you're at but for me like I give an example for me me being here and is an example for me saying that I was everywhere I needed to be through my past endeavors to be here to actually be articulate enough to speak to you. That's true. That's ready. That's true. That's true. So where you are now in your life in terms of taking care of your grandmother, humbling yourself to move back east, picking up the guitar and possibly putting out music this year or next year whenever you're ready, and being in that position where all this extra love is coming in. Talk to me about how you felt. Did the journey feel like now? That you was everywhere you needed to be that you actually wasn't everywhere oh yeah um for sure i think i think looking back you know you see the the little moments of like you know i spent a lot of time in my grandma's house when i was younger you know like that relationship was was always there you know that relationship was always being cultivated um uh you know my dad and and his you know his training and, and and while going to an HBCU wasn't my plan or my, you know, my thought process, but looking back and seeing all the subtleties of him expressing the importance of Black education and 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 um, Black empowerment, uh, you know, even just being back in DC and you know, and connecting with my mom back out here and just like, you know, the lessons and and all the different values has always been pinpointed and centered around like my relationship with my mother um, in some capacity. Um, So everything, you know, even, you know, my relationship developing out here, like everything, I feel like it would seem like a whole bunch of different journeys. Um, To be honest, like all felt like this is where I needed to be or this is where I should be, where this is where I was always going to end up at that helps with the flow for me it helps with the flow to accept it right it's like okay this is why sure. i had to do all this stuff to for sit sure. right here in front of you and i and i just wanted to hear your answer in totality to that 
Validation from your partner. It's like you win a championship when you meet the right partner. But Mr. Bumaniacs, I ask you this question. Do you defend the title? And what I mean by that is when you meet someone, you're nice, you put on your representative, and after you win their heart, people start to take a seat back. They don't practice the same. They don't put up the same amount of effort. But do you defend the title? Are you one of those people that says, every year I'm about to win this championship? You're going to get the best versions of me every time. Uh, nah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, I think that is a great practice. That's a great thing to consider doing. I, I, I think that level of of checking in with yourself and checking how much you're progressing or or or, or falling behind is something that I, I've never fully been used to doing. Something that I'm considering doing now just to like you know make sure I'm always elevating. But no, that's not something that I <laughs> that I used to do at all in any capacity. You gonna get what you get. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your honesty on that. I just want to put that in people's heads that every year LeBron is trying to win a title. Every mm -hmm. year Michael was trying to win. Every year, every, any great person you ever saw do anything great in sports or anything in life, every year they didn't play just to place. They played to win. So you got to do that in everything you do. I came up with something called operating at 100%. And what I mean by that is I took five categories. Purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. Again, that's purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. I divided them into 20% each and gave myself a daily score and averaged myself out to a six or seven day period to see how I've been operating that week as a person. So in purpose, are you living in your purpose, you're doing the things you need to do that is within the joys of your life, growing you. Health, you're eating right, working out, meditating, praying. Confidence, you're doing it with confidence, without any insecurities, without any fear or any intimidation. Money, you made a little money, saved a little money, invested a little money, gave to a charity. And knowledge, you took in some new information. So, Mr. Bomani X, I ask you, out of purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge, how much of 100% have you been operating out of within the last 24 hours? Okay, in the last 24 hours? Um, so is it a hundred each or 20 each? 20 each. 20 each. Uh, in the last 24 hours. Purpose, knowledge, health. purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. Purpose. Maybe like a, maybe like a, maybe like a 17. Okay. 16, health. 17. Health, maybe like a, maybe like a 12. <laughs> I need to eat breakfast confidence. this morning. Confidence, uh, definitely like, uh, like a eighteen. Money and knowledge. Uh, in the last twenty four hours, mm. money, <laughs> probably like a ten. <laughs> and knowledge. Uh, and knowledge. Mm, uh, maybe like a like a sixteen. Okay, 16. so you're operating at seventy six percent. That's not that bad. 76%. I mean, for me, I operate terribly on food. Like, I, you know, I eat I eat what I want when I want it. And not in a bad yeah, way, sure. but I eat all types of crazy hours. And sometimes I miss my exercise. So that really drops me down a lot. But in terms of confidence, money, and purpose, I'm doing it right here talking to you. And I'm gaining some knowledge and, and I'm living my purpose. 
So now sure. I have to get off this thing and go work out and eat right. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. You are now part of the Silhouette Boys Club. It is people like you who move in the shadows and help people like me shine. Now, before you go, we love to get referrals for the show. So Mr. Bumani X, are there any men that you would like to come on this show to further the conversation in man? Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nominate, uh, I'm a nominate three people. Great. Uh, my, my best friend, uh, my two best friends, both George, uh, and Andrew. Um, I think they have, they have also seen my journey into manhood and I've seen their journey into manhood. So hearing their perspectives, I think will be, will be super, uh, insightful, not only for me as a listener, um, uh, but just hearing them, you know, seeing what they could do for them would be dope. And um and the new homie uh, Kadir, I think uh, as someone who's has operated as a, a newfound friend, um, who's who's also shared a wealth of knowledge in terms of manhood, I think hearing his perspective will be super dope for you to show. I think that would be awesome. You have to connect me with them, so make sure you DM gotcha. me these guys, and we'll get it on. We'll send them the official invitation. Now, before gotcha. you go, would you like to say anything? to the people about what you're doing, what you got now, what music may be coming out <laughs> one of these days or anything you got going on. Um, yeah, so like I am, I am about to release a single, uh, also like a project, singer songwriter project and also an instrumental project. All of that should be uh, being released like in the next few, few weeks to next month. Uh, so definitely follow me on socials, uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Clubhouse, everything that's I am Bumani X. Um, and also on those platforms, you may find I have like a phone number that I'll have people text me or I'm like sending out that different snippet and different sneak peeks for stuff. Uh, so definitely check that out. And yeah, uh, that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. I got some other things planned, but yeah. Let the music go, brother. Let the music go. We need yeah. it from you. I want to tell you that I appreciate you coming on today. I, I hope you had a great time answering these questions and, and I hope that we both helped each other, lifted each other in manhood today. And I appreciate you being on today. No, hundred percent. I, I appreciate you reaching out. I, I'm, I'm glad I'm stepping out and, and doing things that feel uncomfortable, which is speaking and, and talking about <laughs> myself. So I appreciate you uh, offering an invitation for your platform and uh, it's been good. Absolutely. For those listening, you can reach me at solutionsformen at gmail.com to be a guest on the show. Also at Sheen One on all platforms. Let's continue this conversation on Facebook, Instagram, Clubhouse, Twitter, or in the street if you see me. To end today's show with a quote from Dr. Miles Monroe. True success is not measured by how much you have done or accomplished. It's not compared to what others have done or accomplished. True success is what you have done compared to what you could have done. In other words, living to the maximum is competing with yourself. It's living up to your own standards and capabilities. Success is satisfying your own personal passion and purpose in pursuit of personal excellence. Question of the day, question of your life. Are you maximizing your life? Mr. Bumani X, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Solutions. <laughs>